There's something very enticing watching rock bands form and following their development. From finding like-minded people in one's neighborhood to playing local clubs, trying to find some combination which will produce a spark to align the stars long enough. Long enough to hit the road and watch your town in the rearview mirror. It's a wonderful spectator sport that I've partaken in for years. Since I was a kid, I've loved supporting and watching new bands try to sprout wings. Even though they often didn't, it was the prospect of it all that kept me interested. Eventually, however, a few did move onward and upward, in different ways and in varying capacities that I found admirable to mind-boggling. I've watched it happen from afar with a local band that I only knew of but didn't know personally putting out their first album, to watching my old roommate perform on David Letterman, that being Brendan Canning in Broken Social Scene, and the very first guest I had on the podcast. It's an interesting feeling watching a band you boosted and supported become successful. You, of course, are very happy for their success and wish them well, but there's also the parental sting when you realize the imagined ownership you had on them is now lost to the masses. It definitely makes listening to music a lot more fun, kind of like turning your passive hobby into a fantasy football or rotisserie baseball league. This need in me to find new bands to champion hasn't gone away. I still actively support new bands, whether it's simply buying their albums or going so far as to asking them on tour with us. I always have a list of bands I can name off at any given time that I actively listen to and support. These days, I can list off Here Lies Man, Loot, Big Kiz, Judah, Gin Lady, Biblical, The Biters, Wildlife, Night Flight Orchestra, and of course, the band Knives. Having released their debut album last year, the band Knives, and let's be uh, clear here, not Knives, but the band Knives, spelled as one word online as the band Knives, burst onto the scene much like a charging bull towards a crystal castle, all guns blazing and with zero apologies. And when I say scene, I don't even know what scene I mean, since the band mixed a variety of hard styles from straight-up rock and metal riffage to funk and rap right from the get-go. In a musical world where people almost need to be told what to like, it did leave some people wondering where to file them under. You can reference a variety of bands to describe them, but it would still be a little off the mark. Now, I didn't watch these guys form. I made contact with guitarist Ricky Tilo, who I had on this podcast back in June of 2016, episode number 127, just as the band Knives were working on what became their debut album released last year. And that's another thing. The caliber of musicianship in this band is enough to turn heads before one note is even heard. What it takes to even achieve the seat these guys hold is a feat unto itself. For example, Ricky Tilo. Ricky Tilo is the guitarist for Lady Gaga. Tim Stewart has played guitar with everyone from Lady Gaga, Rihanna, Jessica Simpson to Infectious Grooves. Jay Medeiros fronted the Procussions and is one half of the hip-hop duo Alta. George Spanky McCurdy has played drums for Lady Gaga, Kanye West, the Backstreet Boys, and collaborated with Q-Tip, Timbaland, Justin Timberlake, 
and Nas. While equally heavy rangers like drummer Chris Johnson and bassist Johnny Good pad the lineup when needed. I mean, the class of musicianship is beyond world. It's downright planetary. (laughs) So to get back to what I originally started on, these are world-class musicians finding each other in a musical neighborhood where superior talent is the norm. You know, in every other band, there is always that person who is the weak link. Most times, only their other bandmates know this. In our band, once Rich Knox joined on drums, I realized I had become the weak link. As much as I'm always a few steps behind when talk turns to gear, song arrangement, and music theory, and music theory behind the arrangement, it has given me an appreciation and a keen sense when I do hear top-notch musicianship. And the band Knives is pretty much the standard across the board. But one must not make the mistake and use the cliched term supergroup. My God, I hate that term. The idea behind using the term supergroup means that the band is somehow better because they're all great musicians. But the arts don't work like sports. In athletics, you can put a team of all-star players together to create winning streaks and dynasties. It's just crunching numbers and working out the odds. But it doesn't work like that in the arts. It's that elusive, intangible, abstract factor, that magical component that can never be taught, that could never be jigsawed together or wished upon like some musical Pinocchio. You either have it or you break up and start over because you never will. As I said before, watching bands work and develop grow and gain success is almost as fun as being in a band myself and hustling to get our music shit out. I like to be kept abreast on Knives' happenings, so when Ricky hit me up to tell me that the band was in the studio working on their follow-up album and could take some time out to talk about it, I jumped at the chance to have them on the podcast. So thanks to the guys for taking the time. Thanks to Blue Mike Microphones and Skull Candy Headphones for supporting the podcast. And this podcast supports Chino Loco's restaurants. And might I add, how many podcasts do you listen to that support other entities? They're usually jostling each other for sponsors and advertisers. But this podcast, this podcast supports Chino Loco's. Because when I want a fish burrito, I want it stuffed with chow mein noodles. Oh, and don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes if you can, only if you can. Reviews would be great too. It helps the podcast's profile. All right, Ricky Tilo, Tim Stewart, and Jay Medeiros from the band Knives are on the podcast, and it starts now. The Daniel Jones podcast is the best around. The Planet Kidders take us to a hotel for free. It's a planet I just hope to give me in from fucked up. Stop playing Hey, it's the Danko Jones Podcast You can check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud right now Right now Cause it's the Danko Jones Podcast Check us out right now Hey, it's the Danko Jones Podcast 
Ricky, how you doing, man? How's it going, man? Good. So, okay, so Ricky's up front. I know Ricky's voice. And then yeah. who else is there? This is Tim. Hey, Tim. How you doing, man? Good to meet you, bro. Good to meet you. And there's... What's up, man? It's Jay. Jay, how you doing, man? Good to, I'm doing good to good. meet you. Good to meet you guys, man. Okay, so I got to ask... What what exactly are you guys doing currently? Because a lot of times, you know, I talk to people when they're finished their album. But this is interesting because you guys are in the middle of creation. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're in the middle of the second record. And the first record got released this year though, right? Yes, it was uh, released just a few months ago. Or no, uh, this month. We released it this month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we keep releasing it. Yeah. So, and you you guys are already working on, like not just working on it, but you're recording the second album? That's Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we just, we started, actually I, I had a late start uh, coming here, but these guys have been here since uh, uh, last week. Uh, piecing together some of the stuff and, and playing catch up. <laughs> We've got two weeks to record a record from scratch because we got Ricky in Toronto. We've got Tim here in L.A. and I live in Paris. So it's like uh, when you get together, you, you got to get the maximum out of your time together. So when you say scratch, are you talking about writing songs and then immediately recording them in these two weeks? Some, yeah. Some of them, but a lot of them we had already um, written and arranged um, as far as the music. Uh, a few months back, like, what would it be, last year? Last year, yeah. 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 So last we had a, maybe half the record, you know, some, some basic ideas put together, and we uh, sent them back and forth. So, yeah. like, so like digital files going through the internet and all that stuff? Somewhat, yeah. But yeah. This, this is the, as far as the lyrics and songwriting, it's, it's been these two weeks for sure, yeah. That's yeah. that that is quite intense, I must say. Like I just got we just finished our recording session last month with uh Garth Richardson. Yeah. Ga 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 Garth. Uh up in Vancouver. Awesome. And and that was, you know, the way we record is we're very, you know, we we really map it out and plan it out and by the time we get to the, you know, vocals it's there's nothing spontaneous and sometimes it, you know i i feel it loses a spontaneous spark the way we contain the spontaneity is that we never spend too much time on a song we just write it and then move on to the next song but this this is really interesting cuz you guys are coming up with a thing and then just immediately recording it um and yeah. i i feel it really can capture you know, a lot of people, you know, in, in bands, we always say like, you know, the magic is gone if we drive a an idea into the ground. 
this kind of, to me, this keeps the magic or whatever you want to call it. I think so. This is the first time I've actually done anything like this uh, without any kind of premeditation. The last two songs we recorded uh, were completely from scratch. Uh, Tim and I, we sat, uh, Tim, Ricky and I, we sat down and uh, we just, you know, start beatboxing or making noises with your mouth. I think the drum needed to go like this and then we start with the pace and uh, we finished a song I think from beginning to end, even recorded, I think the first draft was done in about 30 minutes. And then uh, we went in and started plugging in and making it full from there, keeping the original uh, the, vo the original vocals in and, and just building from there. Uh, the last tune we just did was real fun because we worked with Thomas uh, Pridgent. And uh, Thomas had knew we were recording a record and he had hit us up on Instagram saying, I want to be on it. And I was like, oh, shit, this is exactly what I want to hear. And uh, I went to bed that night thinking, oh, damn, I want to do something specifically for this guy. And uh, we got up, started beatboxing, rapping, whatever we needed to do. And we built a song just with him in mind. And he came over the next day, laid his shit down in like an hour. And then he had to go catch his flight. And then had to catch a flight. And it was so spontaneous but you can hear that on the record. You can hear the energy there. And it's kind of setting the tone for the rest of the record. Uh, so so, so uh, am, I, am I understanding this correctly? All you got to do is hit up the band Knives on Instagram and you can possibly <laughs> get on the record. I should have done this before we started this podcast, man. <laughs> you just got to be in L.A. in this time and, uh, and you got to leave it in the comments section. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, hey, listen, if you guys need any, I, I think I told Ricky this when he was over at my place. If you guys need backup vocals, I am a background vocal king. I can, <laughs> yes. I can ooh and ah. You have supreme, Danko. So I got to say, um, I, I honestly think that the way you guys are going, the way you've, you know, you, the, the, kind of band you guys are being so far away from each other it does build the excitement when you get together that you can't help but write songs when you're finally in a room together am i right like the just the build up between the between all you guys like individually like you can't wait to see each other to jam whereas like for us we jam three times a week like we're probably yeah. sick of each other if i if you really <laughs> ask you know yeah there's a lot of foreplay with us yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> So so when this album came out just last month, are you guys doing a tour for it? We did a few dates in Europe. Uh, we did a festival in France, which was really cool. It's a bit difficult to get all the guys mm -hmm. uh, together because uh, I think everyone had a really busy year with the other groups that we were uh, working and playing for. Um, and so uh, we've got tours and shows uh planned we have some offers to do things but as we had this window to make and record music and we were really excited about doing so we've kind of set that as a priority for now we do have our eyes on this summer and next year uh but you know when you get in songwriting mode and it, it's almost like you kind of block everything else out yeah yeah no i get it and I would prefer to just like make albums in studios and then just sit back and 
not yeah. tour them, man. It's just so, <laughs> it's so much fun to just like record. And I guess you know all your day jobs, you guys like you get that out of your system already, like live playing live. Am I right? And on such a grand scale too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, this is completely different uh, from the you know touring uh, and playing for other people. It's a uh, yeah, this is more like a, a release of you know that, that energy, you know. So. So when when we say when when I when you guys say day jobs and maybe like people listening might not know you, the day jobs. Can we go through the like the day jobs of everyone because it's kind of it's 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 pretty stellar. For sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So so Ricky, who I know, he's been over. He's been on the podcast before. Mm. Plays guitar with Lady Gaga. Tim, you Tim. were you were supposed to be here, man. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but you had the uh, you had you had quite a night the night before, but you're you're also with Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what night that was, but I'm pretty sure. I think we'll edit that one out. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's like every night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Jay, you're out in Paris. Yeah, I'm in a part of a uh, an electronic uh, hip hop group called Alta. And uh, we're based in, in France. I'm based in Paris. And uh, we toured, uh, we did two years of touring uh, Europe. So uh, just finished that. We got a few more dates this year. But uh, it's a good change of pace uh, to be here working with the band Knives. Mm-hmm. And then Spanky on drums. And, yes. and what, where, is he, where is he plugged into? Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. He's all over the place. He's yeah. he, he's about to do. Well, I'm not sure what he's about to do, but he's been playing for uh, Lauren Hill for the last couple of years. Oh. And doing his own record. He had, he put out a record last year. As uh, well. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty. And then so, and then on bass, you don't have a a solid bass player position, right? Or do you? No, we have uh, different friends, and uh, we on the record. Ricky and I played bass, and uh, our our other friend Monty Newble played key bass on a lot of the songs. Okay. On this record, and and uh, the last few shows we did, our friend Johnny Good played bass. Right. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that on the Facebook, on your Facebook page, the fo- the group photo. There's there's a couple of them, but the main one you guys use are just the three of you guys. So yep. that would be right. the that would be the core of the band Knives. But yes, sure. that's correct. Okay, but Spanky's kind of he's in though, right? Like he's is he's the drummer. Yeah. Um, now we just, got, just can't we we can't we don't have enough time with him to take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, and at some point. We're gonna have to figure out how to time down so we can all get a pick. But uh, for the most part, he's a drummer, yeah, man. But you know, it's the same thing. It's it's a, I think it's a, it's a weird situation. But it, it's when you have artists who are who are performing and playing with other artists who have this this uh, burning, you know, desi- sensation <laughs> uh, uh, to make your own music and to get out there. So you know, it's the hustle to. I think it's like a hustle like anyone else's man when you when you're starting a band it's just uh it's just your day job is uh is performing with other artists so 
that I mean, you all your guys' day jobs. I mean, is I, I think people will be very envious of, like just the fact that this is this is. I am assuming this is your passion, the band knives. I mean, it's you know, uh, I know yeah. Jay, you you've got you've got your own thing going on as well in France. Yes, but Ricky and Tim also like this was. Bo- am I right to say this was born? With the two of you guys, like just touring and being around each other, and then doing this side thing, or yeah, we we started writing songs and and uh, we jammed all the time yeah, uh, in yeah. our backstage and in the bus, you know. And we just decided to start uh, recording them and, and putting some of the ideas together. And I'd known Jay for a long time as well. We'd always talked about starting a group, probably like man, ten years ago or something like that. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it just it it came together real in a real organic way, honestly, man. Uh, I would assume that having like two powerhouse guitarists like you guys hanging around each other, eventually the guitars will be taken out of the the cases, and you guys are gonna jam. And then just the fact that yeah. you guys are at such an elevated level of of a get you know where you are as guitarists in pop culture. Whatever you guys come up with, chances are, it's all going to be fucking diamonds. Oh like, man, <laughs> am I right? I mean, fuck. I mean, I mean, honestly, like the, I think the the thing that I realized when we when we first started just kind of hanging and, and playing and jamming was that it wasn't a, it wasn't like a contest or like a dick measuring thing. You know, man, it was just let's just play and we. I think we play so well together and create so well together it was really just like natural you know oh yeah i mean it would be a dick measuring contest if i was thrown in the bunch i'd be trying to prove myself (laughs) to you guys i'd be trying to prove myself to you guys like when you got two big dicks swinging like there's there's no contest there's no contest it's just a jam i mean that's that's why when i heard that you know you both you guys were together i'm like well what God, what what are they going to come up with? And then when I heard the 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 band Knives, all the songs, it's that makes sense. It's furious. It's fast. It's a kind of against what you guys are known for in your day jobs. It's it's all your release coming out, and it's aggressive. And you guys have aggressive tendencies in terms of music fandom. You guys like heavy music, so it makes sense, man. It, it's fantastic. Thank you, man. Yeah, there's yeah. also a lot of elements, you know, that, that we like as well, too, uh, outside from, you know, heavy music, obviously, the hip-hop and uh, uh, electronic elements and, you know, even, like, punk rock, noise rock, all that stuff uh, that we add to the, you know, the band Knives sound, too. Yeah. yeah we- sure. So we just pull from uh, the even, you know, shoegazers-type stuff, like uh, experimental records, any any anything that... It's pretty inspiring. You just you know throw throw it in there and see what what happens, right? Yeah, I noticed that because uh, you know with you guys in the band, the tendency could be like you can be like animals as leaders or some shrapnel kind of Mike Varney kind of type act. But yeah, yeah. but what you end up doing and which is what I love, which is rhythm, is it's very rhythmic. It's not oh, right. lead guitar driven. It's just rhythm upon on top of rhythm on top of rhythm. And then going into other rhythms, it, it's great. This is this is the kind of music that I gravitate towards naturally. I, 
as much as I play guitar, my favorite guitarists are really rhythm guitar players like Malcolm Young, James Hetfield, right. these yeah. kinds of guys that can hold their own rhythmically. That's what that's what the foundation is for guitars for me. Then there's people like you know Eddie Van Halen who can do both, yeah. you know, and and then on and on it goes. But yeah, it's 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 great, man. And and so so now you guys are here. You guys are going to do a full length album in two weeks in the little time that you have. This is interesting to me. So, uh, how, how does a day start? Obviously not a podcast every day, but how does it, how does it usually start right now? And, and are you guys like, how many days into it? Are you, we are 10 days in 10 days in. Yeah. Oh, so you can see the light at the end of the tunnel here. We do. We got 10 tunes. We got the, we got the bones on most, all the tunes have bones. We've yep. got about three tunes fully fleshed out, ready to get uh, their first, uh, yeah. you know, their first look, their, yeah. their first mix. Um, every day usually starts off with uh, tapatio. Yeah. <laughs> eggs, <laughs> hot sauce, eggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lots of hot sauce followed by the shits. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> But for the most part, I think we come in and uh, now that we have the bones down, we just try to figure out what mood we're in and then attack the song that's that follows the mood for the day. And, and it's been raining in L.A., which is a bit odd. Yeah. So we're trapped in the studio, man. We do about 10, 11, 12 hours. If we got a drummer or if we got someone that we can we can plug in, we'll spend the day doing that. Uh, we might just work on some uh, I details on the tunes we have we still got uh quite a few vocals to record i've still got a few songs to write mm -hmm. um really we we have sections we might have we might have uh half the song is all figured out and they were like okay fuck we want to do something with this third section okay ricky will come in he'll be in one room working on the third section mm -hmm. i'll be in another room uh you know writing the rest of the lyrics and then uh and then Tim will be at the bar. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so Jay, as the singer, cause I mean, when I'm singing the, what I, uh, how are you there for 12 hours a day? Like, how are you there? You're not singing. What do you, what do you like besides writing? Obviously you need to write lyrics, but like, how, how, do you, how are you pacing yourself with your, with your voice? Uh, you know what? I, I came here with the flu. So uh, oh, wow. before I took my plane from Paris here, I was, I don't know, I was, I was puking quite a bit. So my voice was really in a good place for like at least three of the songs we're doing. <laughs> uh, and we decided, okay, you know what? I, my voice was kind of suffering, but we just recorded a rough and it sounded right. It sounded like I had a distort on. And we said, okay, this is this is the texture we're gonna use for these songs. So we recorded all the rough songs, uh, which is absolutely not recommended for anyone to, uh, <laughs> to do that with your voice. But it was fun. It felt good. The tunes have a texture because of it. Then I do rest for about a, uh, a week or I mean a day or two, and, and just write. But I enjoy being here, watching the songs get cut. Having a voice, you know, the guys really give me a voice too uh, when it comes to ideas, musically, structure. Yep. And uh, that's where we're at at this point. So I really enjoy that, that as well, you know. The rapping, 
uh, the rapping I do on my own. I don't, I don't like being in the studio writing raps. I like to be by myself uh, mm. if I'm going to do some complicated rhythms or if I want to get into double entendres and stuff like that. That's mm. that's real writing for me. That's that takes uh, that takes peace and quiet. On you know, but for the shit we've been doing lately. It's all brand new to me, man. I have no reference. I, I come from hip hop. I have no reference. In fact, when when Tim hit me up to do to make an album together, and he sent me the stuff he had, I was really, I mean, one, I was like the the, the level that these that these guys play at is insane. I was really wondering why he wanted me in the group. Uh, so it took me a while to kind of to feel like, okay, why am I here as a rapper? And then just working with these guys, I feel like it gave me a voice. I feel like I have a new voice, a new concept that isn't rap at all. And I don't have the references that a lot of these guys do. I, you know, I didn't grow up listening to uh, to punk or, or or rock really. So now I'm having fun because I feel like fuck. It opened up a genre to me. And uh, my only reference point now is the band Knives. So uh, so I don't know. I'm learning while I'm here, too. You know, mm. I'm never bored. Let's put it that way. Right, right. I mean, Ricky, you mentioned so many different styles of music, for everything from shoegazing music to noise rock. Mm. And that's that's all being piled into this second album? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Uh, I mean, a lot of the, the things that we started, uh, you know, uh, getting together from last year uh, when Tim and I were on the road uh, compiling like riffs and ideas and, you know, collections of uh, different sounds. And now we're kind of like piecing all of those together. Um, Tim, Tim was here uh, working on in the studio, you know, getting the sessions together and uh, picking the best moments out of that. And we've been getting uh, like skeletal, you know, uh, pieces. Some, and also uh, Tim and Jay have been here working uh, getting getting some new stuff, you know, stuff that I haven't heard before, and and now, we're, you know, truly a collaborative process after that, you know. But I, every this is the first time, you know, we're all in the same room together, really uh, working on stuff from scratch. You know, uh, a lot of the stuff from the first record was, uh, you know, getting getting things uh, from different places, you know. But now it's like more of a collaborative thing together you know quite violent <laughs> yeah quite violent. it's violent it's crazy how you we start it's a nice little quiet we have some little coffee yeah go get eggs next door and we're talking about our kids and all and our lives and everything's kind of laid back and then we say okay let's do a song and then you realize at the end of the day holy shit this is so violent <laughs> and it's so natural, yeah, it's, natural. it's crazy yeah. It's crazy that that comes out. You don't even recognize. And I've been. I listened to the last, the last three tracks we 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 tracked, mm. and I was like, "Holy shit! This is, this is almost. I think it might be heavier than the first record. Actually, yeah, yeah. it's nuts. <laughs> hey, if it's heavier than the first record, then I feel you guys are on the right track, man. I, I if if <laughs> knives can, if the band knives can get heavier than that first record, I'm all ears, man. I really am. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, I think that's where we're at, man. I, I haven't even rapped yet. Right. Now, it's are, too heavy to rap. <laughs> now, when you say, you know, you, you need space to work on your, your lyrics and stuff when you rap, but you're at the studio a lot of the time, 
are you going to be singing on this? And, and that Tim and Ricky kind of help you with certain elements of, of your vocals. Are you going to be singing on this as well as rapping? Are you going to be doing other things with your voice? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you call it singing. I don't know what you call it. I know that, I know that, uh, that's the thing I love about being here is that, uh, Tim and Ricky will give me a, a, a slab of work and I'll go and I'll just write and I'll come back and I, and I'll really wonder if what I'm doing is good or right. And the guys are like, okay, oh shit, that works. Yeah. And that's actually it. I'm not really getting vocal trained. I'm actually getting pushed by these guys to just trust myself and my own, in you know, my own intuition about a tune. I approach these tunes as a rapper, and somehow I feel like I hope it's working. So there really isn't much vocal coaching as much as there is, dude. Just fucking do it. Just do yeah. what you said you're mm-hmm. gonna do. And sometimes I'm looking back like, is this this right? I mean, it feels good. Is is this what we're doing? And I'm more confident on this record because I think the guys have really helped, you know, giving me space to to kind of discover what what I can do uh, w- with my experience and how to make it work in this album. So when I write raps, I'm in my rap zone. If I'm gonna write a hundred bars or sixty bars of double entendre, multiple rhyme schemes, you know, I come from this world. Uh, that I need to be alone. Uh, because it just takes a really long time to make these things work right, correctly. I mean, unless I'm just talking bullshit and making words rhyme, I mean, that shit's easy. But if I want to talk about multi-layered things, yes. But when I'm here and it's just pure emotion, pure aggression, uh, I don't need to say a whole lot. I just need to make sure that I'm giving the guitar and everything. I just need to fit in with with what's going on. I think I think it's also uh, reciprocal to this first uh, first time we've all been in the room together working uh, from scratch. It's like Jay is here, and sometimes he'll hum out like some uh, like rhythms or uh, like ideas he has for guitar riffs. And you know, this is a couple of the first times that we've we've actually done that and getting his input on on a lot of the, the guitar stuff, which is interesting for coming from. His uh his rap background, so the rhythms are definitely from him, and and it's it's a it's a cool uh, a new terrain that we're uh, exploring, you know. So you guys are basically producing each other. I For think sure. so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we so. are. Because I mean, I think, I think it's unique because uh, there's that's the other thing. There's not really too much ego, you know. It's it's you know. Obviously, we're all experts in our fields, but I think the good thing to do is place yourself in a situation where you are allowing other people to 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 steer you. You know what I mean? Like it's and it's when the thing with us is we uh, I don't know we all have like a uh, we really want the to make the best song we could possibly make and you know, mm-hmm. the best record we can make in this amount of time. So. I think you have to throw all those things out the out the window, feelings, egos, mm. all that shit, man. Let's make the best thing we can do in this amount of time. Make quick decisions. This one feels good right now. Let's not fucking have a discussion or let's. If it feels good, let's do it. You know what I mean? I I agree with you. Um, the, the egos uh, are the downfalls of pretty much every band that's broken up. For sure. Yeah. 
and and that usually stems from one or more than one person in the group not serving the song. Agree. Um, yeah, 100%. totally agree with that. I, I I do agree with that. And and hey, even myself, man, like when I'm writing riffs and I'm bringing it to the guys. I make sure that I don't get married to a riff because if I get married to an idea and they don't like it, yeah, yeah. I can't let go and it's it's, yeah. it's a tough thing. So there was we're we're still writing this record ourselves every every other day and so I did have a riff that I I I basically told them right off. I go, "Look, I'm kind of married to this. I have a I have lyrics, I have a title, so I'm kind of scared to show you guys." And thank God they, they loved it, you know, cause then it would have been a problem, but that's ego like that. That's, I agree with that. You, you, and not a lot of bands cause man, who gets attracted to being in a band? It's fucking people with big egos sometimes, you know? So it's, it's, sure. a, yeah, it's a bit of a tightrope you got to walk. And if you guys have that licked, then you guys are already halfway there. I mean, Jesus. We'll see. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, um, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you guys about someone who's like a hero of mine, a musical hero that's on your first album, Mike Muir of suicidal tendencies. And I, I, I asked Ricky about it as well. I'm going to bring it up again. Like, how did you get Mike Muir to be on your album? Well, I'm, I met Mike maybe, um, man, over 10 years ago, uh, maybe about 12, 13 years ago, actually. I was playing for, uh, this is random, I was playing for Jessica Simpson at the time, around 2002, three, and the other guitar player, she had the craziest band, the other guitar player is, is Dean Pleasance, and he started Infectious Grooves with Robert Trujillo and Mike, he played in Suicidal, still plays in Suicidal. Right. And I'm like, man, what the fuck are you doing here playing for Jessica Simpson? And the rest of the band was crazy, too. I mean, every, you know, all the musicians were nuts. But so we became friends. And uh, I started playing for Infectious. I did a couple tours with them, played for a few years. And, um, man, Mike, just as cool as he is, like an automatic kind of like big brother type figure. He's so smart. He's been in this game for so long. So well respected, you know, and um, so I've, I've kept in contact with him. I would always hit him up, ask him questions. We did, did our first couple songs. Uh, I took it to him just to get, and his, get his opinion, you know, like, what do you think about this stuff? And uh, he's funny, man, because I, I was I was in a group before. You know, and I had played him some of that, and he hated it. <laughs> he'll, he'll tell you straight up, and that's what you know. He just—he don't think he likes being put in that position, but he—he he will tell you. So I think he was apprehensive to hear anything. When I played it for him, he was like, "Dude, that shit is insane." He's like, "I fucking love this. This is this is the most amazing shit." So I, as we created songs, I would just send them to him, and he'd be like, "Man, this one's amazing too." You know, he was just a really like a fan. I remember we went to his his spot, yeah. and how he ended up on our song was crazy. He told us, "Hey, I don't." He, he was talking to me, and, and he's like, "I don't know if you thought about this, but I had an idea for this spot and on the song. Like, yeah. On the song, he said I had an idea for this spot here. I'll I'll let I'll do it here, and you let me know what you think." And already I said yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go. 
and he did it. That's when he said, you know, uh, I'm not a crime. And the, the cool thing about Mike is I, I never, you know, I, I didn't really know his group too well. Uh, as I said, I came up in hip hop, but mm -hmm. he heard all the lyrics. He was like telling me, oh, okay, so I heard what you're saying here and here. And he's like, you know that part where you say this? He's like, I think this would be a real cool reference if I said, I'm not a crime. And and then he, I was like, okay, fuck, let's do it. He's like, yeah, and I could do it in this. And we came over and he just recorded it right there. Yeah, I don't, man. I think that was a really, to me, that set the stage for, for understanding the humility and how things can work in a band because I've never been in a band. Right. And to hear this from someone like Mike Muir, who now I understand because I'm doing a lot of my history now. Uh, oh yeah, I realize more and more how big of a deal it is. Yeah, Mike. You know? I had the first uh, infectious cassette. I had. I was too probably. Yeah, I was too young for the first suicidal. But I, I, man, I remember listening to suicidal like in like '86, '87. That's when I, I was a skating kid. Like that shit is. He's like one of the most important figures in in that, in that realm of music, man. For real, like. Mm -hmm. Like to have him on our record is uh, this tribute to me. Like yeah, it's no. fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> it was I, a gift. Dude is he's you know what I mean? Suicidal yeah. and I'm 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 suicidal for life, for real, man. S T dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a Oh yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah, I sent Ricky a little video we made last year when we played with Suicidal at a festival. Mm. And we've played we've played a few festivals over the last few years where Suicidal were on the bill. And I never got to see, I never got to meet Mike for one reason or another. He would always slip through my fingers, like for some reason or another, you know, like, oh, he's not here and we got to go or anything. So I made sure that I, I knocked on their bus bef right before they were about to leave. And, and so, uh, I got to meet him and we made a little video out of it. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Mike Muir, man, he's one of my, like in terms of a performer, in terms of the image, in terms of the lyrics, like everything about him, I grew up like loving suicidal tendencies. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So that's really, I think that's a feather in your in your cap as a band to have him associated and aligned with you guys musically. It does. It does definitely make a lot of people out there perk up their ears automatically seeing his name with you guys just uh, it yeah. helps it helps you can't yeah. you know you got to admit it. it it does help so and it's cool okay. that it's cool that you said that you didn't you, you're now understanding where he stands in music when you were laying that stuff with him down i think it's cool that you know you didn't like fanboy out on him or anything that would have <laughs> that would have maybe ruined the vibe you know i'm actually you know i'm really excited about you know, uh, being able to discover a new genre in it. Yeah. You know, uh, Mike was in, uh, he was close to Paris when I was there and he texted me and he was like, man, you should come down. They were doing a festival. And I went down there and I started meeting a lot of people and shaking hands. And then I'd, I'd have to fucking Google it. Like, okay, what, what, what was this <laughs> <Yeah>. dude's name? <laughs> and then I'd go in and then I would learn and listen. And I really appreciate it, man. I've been in the hip hop game for about uh, almost oh, 20 years. Yeah. And, I know what it's like to to meet someone that you've been looking up to for a long time, and I like this other side, man. I, I'm never gonna pretend 
that I came up in this genre. I'm not going to pretend to know people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullshit, but it's good to gather an appreciation to meet people and go back through. And I think I'm going to see it with some new eyes because I'm not going to do it with my young experience. I'm doing it now. And, uh, yeah, it's a, I'm, I'm grateful. That's cool. I mean, I think I would have ruined it if I was in the room, if I was you, I would have said, my, oh, man, Mike, oh, that's awesome. And then he would have said, I, have, I haven't even shown you my idea yet. <laughs> yeah. No, I did it. I did it with uh, one of my favorite rappers is Black Thought. I went on tour with The Roots maybe wow. two or three times. And uh, I didn't even take a picture with the dude. That's how kind of, uh, that's kind of like nervous I was. And I was right. still with this dude every night. We were recording and shit. And I, man, I don't even have pictures with the people I I did shows with and shit. I, so it's cool. I can feel natural, and I feel more like my like myself. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'm I I got those moments too, man. I wish I had the photo, but the time was it would have ruined the vibe if I just whipped out my phone and said, "Hey, let's take a photo." If you're broing yeah. down with somebody, it it does ruin the vibe. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel. Yeah. When is this? So when is the album gonna be? coming out uh we don't know i think this year you know what happened with the first record is that we had started putting out songs but we were so damn busy in our other groups that we weren't really able to give it the support it needed and we were just excited to release music it's super independent i mean from everything that we've known being in the game all of us kind of you know with tim had some other groups he was in you have a record label and you know i was in the, the game for a while with record labels and all this kind of, just got so tired of that so we just put the records out as kind of like look we love this let's put the record out this record uh we want to hit it just a, a bit more strategically not because not for any other reason but to have a real tour and have a real time set apart to do it so we are looking towards next year to release the record Okay. Uh, but, you know, with this new record out, you know, it's a slow burn. It's a real independent project. I mean, the only time you're going to hear the, our first record is if someone told you about it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we, we didn't, uh, yeah. we don't have a machine behind it in any in any case. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what word of mouth does. Uh, we hope that the music is enough that people want to share, you know, want to share it on their own accord and not, you know, expect it to, to see it on iTunes and little you know, advertisements and banners and uh, all kinds of shit. We just, we just, we're going to print some vinyl, actually. Yeah. This record's going to get a vinyl release. It's going to be limited, and uh, so we'll see what happens with the vinyl out. Oh, that's cool. How about the first album on vinyl? No, that's it. That's the one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, we plan on, man, vinyl is a, I I don't know if that's my hip-hop background, but for me, uh, anything you make needs to be on vinyl. See, I agree with you. Um, I don't know if vinyl's making a comeback as much as people want it to, but everything we put out is is pressed on vinyl. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how I feel like that's how you. That's that's your contribution to history, man. You put that shit in a in a. That's that's for the library. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I have a little yeah. section in my my record collection, and it's just our band. So. It's exactly. nice. It's nice. It, it's it feels like, um, you know, uh, the end, the ending. Like it feels like it's complete. You know, you, yeah. You finished I, whatever you started. I agree. It's not really a money maker. I always try to tell people that. You know, it's it's not like uh, you don't press vinyl to make profit. No. I, 
that shit is heavy, expensive. It's just a pain in the ass to lug around. But when uh, but when you have your in your own hand, it's a piece of art, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for talking to me about the band Knives, uh, and I, I'll let you go and continue making the album that we will all hear. Thank you. Uh, and thank uh, you. Tim, nice to meet you. Jay, nice to meet you. Great to meet you, yeah. man. And Great Ricky, to- we should hang when you're back home. We, we will, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, bro. All right, there you go. Have you ever-